go check. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of RX Radio. I am your host, Dr. Richard Waith, and I have with me a very, very special guest, a dear friend of mine, Dr. Joel Rivera. How's it going? Hey, how are you? Doing well, man. I am excited to have you on. We're going to get into some real cool stuff, um, specifically about kind of the the community setting, uh, being a pharmacist and community, moving up uh, to the corporate side of things, to leadership. Um, and just kind of diving into, you know, day to days of it. And but before we get into all that, before we get into what you do and, and some things that you're going to give us some insights on, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks so much, uh, Richard, for having me here. And hey, everybody out in the Arts Radio world. Um, so, yeah, my name is Joel Rivera. I am a pharmacy supervisor or pharmacy district manager, depending on what company you work for. Um, and currently working here in the Southeast, down the Gulf Coast and South of Alabama. Uh, a little bit about myself, um, pharmacist by training, obviously, but have had um, experience and interest both in community and the managed care setting. Um, have done a little bit of everything um, and just really looking to uh, dip my toes into uh, uncharted waters. So I'm um, happy to be here and, and look forward to the conversation about all the things that um, I've done so far. And hopefully some of this can be helpful to uh, listeners out there. Yeah. And um, again, thank you for being on here. Um, you, I'm sure, have a, an extremely busy schedule, um, although, you know, it's not how it, you know, which we can get into in talking about how your schedule has changed from being in a store because, you know, obviously you have extensive experience on the front lines um, in stores. So, um but again, thank you for being on here. So what is it like? I mean, what was the transition like? Let's, let's kind of jump right into that. Like, what is it? What's your day to day like now? And how does that kind of compare to what it was like when you were in a store? Sure. So, you know, I, I think a lot of your listeners are going to be well acquainted with what your day to day is like in a community setting. And let me tell you, I don't I don't know that I could have really prepared for what it's like to be on the operation side of things. And the reason I say that is because when you're in the pharmacy, you it's very much a time-sensitive, task-oriented environment. You know, you've got waiters, you've got people kind of waiting on you, you've got things that you want to do before you go home. Um, and, and all in all, like once you get your task list done, you can kind of sort of check out, I guess, if I can use that word, and uh, go on about your day. Um, in an operation side or in a corporate setting, when you're dealing with management the tasks become more longitudinal. So things kind of carry over from day to day, week to week, month to month. And you're working with a lot more um, information projects at a much higher level. Um, Not just that, but you start to run into things that you don't traditionally encounter at the store level, such as, um, you know, HR issues, loss prevention issues, uh, specific personnel and management issues. Um, you know, things that we obviously don't learn in pharmacy school yeah. and things that we don't run into very often um, at the at the store level. So I think that's that's where the real learning curve is. You know, yeah, it's, it's being able to uh, to pull out all of those skills kind of on the fly and, and learn, you know, trial by fire so that you can, you know, 
resolve a lot of these conflicts and a lot of these situations that you're going to run into that you, you just haven't seen before. You and know I think I, that, that's the biggest change. What I think is interesting too is, um, and, and you know, sometimes I think depending on the pharmacy you work at, you just, you always feel like you haven't finished anything, you know, and, and it seems like you might, it might almost get worse when you, you know, kind of just move up the ladder where, you know, at a pharmacy, like you, you kind of have a real set, like visual of what your queue looks like, you know, kind of where um, prescriptions are and, and kind of the status of all of them. But I feel like when you get to a level, when you when you start getting up to a certain level, it's just like there's nothing is ever actually finished. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, the as you move up your circle of influence and the 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 scope of outreach that you have increases immensely and it increases really quickly as you move on with each tier whether it's like district manager director of operations operations manager that kind of thing um but it it ends up being a double-edged sword because like you said if you're at the store level and you see what you've got going on in your queues then you yourself can jump in there and get some stuff done if, you know, if, if things need, if the situation calls for it. Um, when you start moving up in the echelons, like you just can't physically do stuff for the stores anymore. You know, so it very much becomes a, you know, how do I motivate my people? How do I get my people on board? How do I, you know, how do I affect change, but from a distance, you know, yeah. how do I influence my team and get everybody kind of rallied up around a common goal? Um, so yeah, it's the different, it's a totally different, uh, you know, mindset. It's a different challenge and, mm-hmm. and, you know, depending on the individual, you know, somebody out there is very much, uh, has that leadership kind of drive and, and has that aspiration to be the, the head of the team and, and to drive people towards a goal. I mean, that's, that's the place to be. I, I gotta say it is very exciting on that. End. Yeah. Now I feel like it's, it's a harder time now because, uh, you know, just kind of looking at kind of when I first got into pharmacy and, and how I saw, you know, the quality of life of pharmacists and, and kind of what, you know, what day to day was like for a normal pharmacist and then just kind of how things have kind of moved to now. It seems like it's a very difficult time to kind of be in your position. So, I mean, I'm curious to know, like, how you feel about that. And, you know, especially from, you know, you you being started a long time ago, um, you know, with your company and kind of how you've seen that kind of transition and maybe like what what's the difference maybe being a district manager now versus what it was like, maybe like five, you know, five years ago, let's say. So you really, you hit the nail on the head, right? When you started talking about the, the business of pharmacy and and the nature of the business model and how it's evolved. So like you said, I've been around with the company that I work for, for a good bit um, going on over 15 years. So I've been able to see not just how pharmacy has evolved, but how this, you know, my company has responded to the changes in the industry. Um, that being said, it, it's kind of put us in a tough spot. And I think that's why pharmacy in general kind of gets the rap that it does. You know, there's a lot of gloom and doom talk out there. Uh, you may have had, you know, some folks on, on the podcast so far that have, you know, alluded to some of that. But um, it's still an exciting, it's still an exciting time to be a pharmacist. It's still an exciting time to be in pharmacy, to be getting into pharmacy. Um, and as far as some of the stuff that's changed, you know, we used to be very productivity driven, you know, like it was just a matter of banging scripts out and getting things out the door. And, you know, the, the, the actual filling process kind of took a priority, you know, in years and decades past. Now with the, you know, the, the surge of MTM services and the drive towards provider status, 
and all of the different things that the recognition that pharmacists are getting for the value that they can bring, not just to the major players as far as, you know, the, the stakeholders like uh, plant health plans and plant sponsors, um, as well as folks on the pharmaceutical side, folks on the research side, on the clinical side and health systems. Um, now that pharmacists are kind of standing out in, a, in the spotlight with the, the level of clinical expertise that we have to offer, then things have shifted. Now, how well, you know, certain industries and, and certain businesses have adapted that shift is, you know, it, it's a work in progress, I think. A lot of folks are still, you know, trying to figure out exactly how they're going to implement logistically on a day-to-day a lot of the things like MTM, like consulting services. But at the end of the day, I mean, it, really, the, it, the sky's looking awesome in our direction, you know. We, uh, we have a... a great future ahead of us so i'm excited about it um and and i think that the companies you know while they may struggle you know kind of adapting to the change you know everybody really is on board as far as where we need to go and what we need to do yeah so on a recent episode and this is just gonna be random and i think i want to move on to like some other stuff that you know that, that i think you want to talk about but i think that we're in like a situation where like we're in like a a, a growing pain where I feel like there's just going to be like a turning point where community and, and I've always felt this way. Like even when I first, like even when I first kind of was graduating and, and I knew like community pharmacy was something I was passionate about and I was going to get into, I always had this vision where like, man, all this stuff is just going to be so old, like us dispensing prescriptions and filling prescriptions. Like I feel like there's just going to be some huge like turning point where all of a sudden that's going to be the, like happen in three minutes or like buy a machine that's going to like dispense a medication and it's just going to free up so much more of our time to do other things there. But I just feel like we're in that, we're in that like, like limbo where it's like, it's, it's hard now to like really provide these services because of kind of the workload, like they're tasked with. And, um, and, and I just, you know, I, I think the people that kind of stick it out or, you know, or the newcomers or whoever, when, when that turning point happens, I feel like it's going to be amazing, but it's just so hard now because of like, you know, these pressures that are kind of come, come forth. Um, but, uh, you know, feel free to comment on that. But if not, uh, you know, I think I was going to provide, you know, some questions and ask you some things, but I felt it'd be better that you'd be able to kind of lead the way in, in, in talking about some topics. So what's some of the things that's kind of top of your mind with kind of helping the listeners out and providing some value? Sure. Um, so as far as what you're alluding to, I, I think there's two things that I can harp on. The first is, you know, this is a little bit pie in the sky, but the, the business model in and of itself. So the business model of community pharmacy, if you think about it, it's like you said, it's at a crossroads. It's at, it's at a pivoting point. Um, a lot of companies and, and a lot of corporations, whether it's an independent, whether it's a big chain, are trying to figure out how to stay viable by keeping the old revenue streams and the old foundations of their business model while incorporating, you know, the new stuff that we have coming along. So what happens, you know, you you have one foot in in one side and you have one foot in the other side and you end up, you know, pharmacists kind of getting tugged in two different directions. So yes, we are definitely on the front lines as far as that change. And like you said, you know, it's kind of growing pains. It's a transitionary period. It's not going to be forever. So anybody out there that's uh, discouraged at the moment or maybe had a bad week just because it was a holiday week. (laughs) A terrible (laughs) week. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. Um, You know, definitely encourage them to stick it out. You know, things will get better. You know, we will figure this out operationally all together. Um, 
And the other part I was going to get into is is the money. You know, it, it all comes down to, unfortunately, you know, as healthcare providers, we want to say that we're, I don't want to say above that, but we uh, put that, you know, at, at, a, at a lower rung or at a lower priority. But ultimately, you know, it is a business and you have to think about dollars and cents. So where is the money? And we, as providers and as pharmacists, maybe haven't been the strong advocates, the strongest advocates, I mean. Yeah. Um, maybe we haven't developed the profession, you know, at a regulatory level or at a legislative level, um, to be all that it could be. And, you know, if we haven't done that, then maybe the infrastructure, the healthcare infrastructure has built up in such a way that maybe we're not getting paid for the things that we should be getting paid for. And I don't want it to sound greedy, but ultimately, you know, if, our value as pharmacists is in the clinical uh, knowledge that we have, and it is in the, you know, interventions that we can make. If that's where our value is, then somehow we have to translate that into dollars and cents. Yeah. Now I don't, I don't have the answer to that. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be out, you know, consulting or something yeah, for, yeah. <laughs> for, a, for a company. That's but, uh, but that being said, I mean that that's the big question, right? You know how to. Even as a community pharmacist, this is not just for the, you know, entrepreneurial or, uh, you know, big business gurus out there. This is for your everyday, you know, Joe Schmo community pharmacist on the, on your corner drugstore. Mm-hmm. You know, think about this. You know, how do you create a value proposition, not just for yourself as a professional, but for your pharmacy? You know, like if we are in a managed care environment, you know, because we all, for the most part, serve managed care patients, i.e., you know, patients that are insured by a third party, then how do you as a community pharmacy or as a network provider, if you want to use that term, how do you create a value proposition for that plan? You know, how do you say to a plan that, hey, you know, I'm delivering the best health care for your patients. You should have me on your, you know, network or you should have me as your exclusive provider. And this is why, because I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it really comes down to <laughs> putting everything that we already are doing in such a way that we can sell it. And it's all about the pitch. And, and I and again, I hate kind of alluding back to the business side and the money side, but that's, you know, that's the world we live in. And, yeah. and <laughs> you know, that, those are the rules we got to we got to operate under. So, you know, we, we just have to have that in the back of our minds. You know, what's interesting about that you mentioned, I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought this up because this brings up an interesting dynamic and, and, and it's a thing that I think as, as there's a push for it, and I know that this is probably going to be something that people are going to think that's like crazy because of how big the market is for it. But I think as there's a push for plans to control, you know, where people are going to get the best health, I think at some point there's going to be a change where the market is going to be the ones to at least want to decide more. Cause I mean, look at all like, and, and I feel like, you know, a lot of companies are experiencing this. Like, look how many people are, are like literally devastated when they find out that, you know, their, their insurance plan found out, or they, they were told by their insurance that they can no longer see their pharmacist that they've been seeing for so long because they have to go to a different pharmacy. And I, and I just, and I'm wondering, you know, if there's going to be a point, which like, even look at blockchain, like one of the recent episodes we had, we talked about blockchain on there and the whole point and the whole reason that, that, that blockchain movement even came to be was to kind of give the leverage back to like the people um, that control the value um, of like the transactions. And, you know, obviously it's, it's turned into, you know, the craziness that it has now, but I'm wondering if eventually, 
you know, that shift. And, and I, and I'm wondering too, like, even when you look at Amazon coming in, right? Like they, I, I think their play might not be necessarily, which I know that they need to basically have like a PBM structure and, and probably need to find out ways to get on these plans. But what if they say, nah, you know what? We don't need to do that. Let's just offer like cash and it just be super cheap, you know, for these prescriptions. And these people don't even need insurance. They don't need to have these plans. They don't need people to tell them where they can and where they cannot go to. So I'm wondering how that's going to play into kind of, you know, the dynamics of the larger corporations that are, trying to tailor to these plans instead of kind of tailoring, which, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's still kind of tailoring to the people, you know, because if you can provide great clinical services to people, um, that'll in turn result in good outcomes, which in turn would, you know, increase our ratings. And then that's when the plans come into play. But anyway, that's just a rant that I had kind of, I don't know where it came from, honestly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I just thought it was interesting because you had kind of brought up, you know, that that's what, you know, you guys have to do is, provide that value prop to the, um, you know, to the insurance plans. So that's what I could. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, without getting too far out of my wheelhouse from the, you know, the community setting, I don't want to step in the shoes of a a PBM, you know, director or something, but I will say again, from the community perspective, you have to think about what it is that's driving, you know, the decisions on the other side of the table. So if a payer is looking at, um, you know, X, Y, Z parameter, X, Y, Z metric as, as what they determined is the optimal outcome for their patient, whether it's adherence, whether it's delivery of MTM services, whether it's, you know, like a comprehensive um, package that will improve just patient health, you know, what, whatever that metric is, what are you as a community pharmacy doing to help that plan meet that goal? You know, because if, I get the frustration that, you know, patients will have if they say suddenly, you know, from one year to the next, you can't go to, you know, the pharmacist that you've had a relationship with for, you know, X number of years. Mm. Um, and, and I, and I dare, you know, I, I'm going to play devil's advocates here, but that pharmacist may have some culpability in that. If you think about it, because has the pharmacy been performing to create that value proposition? Yeah. You know, have, has the pharmacy been doing what they need to do to ensure that they land themselves, you know, that contract with the, with the PBM or whoever else. Um, again, not, not to get into the too deep into the managed care side of things and, and stick into community, but it, it, you do have to think about, you know, what the service, the level of service and the level of healthcare that you're delivering to your patients, you know, is that in line? And are, are you, what are you doing to help, you know, provide value to the patient and provide value to the stakeholders in the industry? If that patient is indeed, um, you know, going to be an insured patient, a managed care patient. Yeah. Um, you, you say something, you brought up kind of an interesting thing about Amazon. And I think, you know, Amazon's already known for being the disruptor. And I think that if they just went through and, did some kind of fire sale on, you know, the, the most commonly prescribed generics or something. It's just totally undercut everybody. I mean, that would <laughs> turn, turn the industry on its head, right? Just yeah. because, you know, uh, we already get slack, you know, from health plans. Yeah, understandably so. I'm not trying to complain or anything about this, but, you know, there's already issues if a health plan's not capturing claims. You know, for example, if, um, if, if a medication is offered by a pharmacy at a discounted rate or even free sometimes, 
Um, and that health plan doesn't capture that claim because the pharmacy just kind of ran it through. They just, hey, let's get this person out of here. Let's take care of them. And I, and I get it. I get it. But they, they put it through. Plan didn't capture that information. Then how does the plan know that the patient's being adherent? You know? Yeah. How do, how do they know that they're actually taking their medication? And if, you know, God forbid, that patient has some kind of adverse outcome down the road, heart attack, you know, strokes and diabetic complication, um, what are they going to come back to the pharmacy and say? Like, hey, did you make sure that this person actually, you know, take their medicine? Were they yeah. here? Were you guys talking to them? Um, and they're not actually going to physically do that, but they're going to look at fill history and they may say, well, you know, this could have been the cause, but... Anyway, that's that's a whole, you know, there's there's no clear cut answer. There's going to be, you know, different folks on different sides of the table arguing different points. But um, I think from the side of the community pharmacy, it's it's all got to be about, you know, understanding the industry that you're working in, understanding the rules that, that kind of define your market and then, you know, doing your best to to stand out and not just deliver the best health care to the patient possible, but to create the best value for yourself and then the industry. Now, um, I wonder if I wonder if this value thing, right? I wonder if like how crazy would it be? Like, let's just say, like, how many? What? How? I forgot how many like major star ratings or was it like five, whatever. Yeah, five. So like, mm-hmm. what if they come up with like a six or or like like two extra ratings, and it's like around experience for the patient, like not not healthcare, but like their satisfaction, like experience. Like, I wonder if that would be like a ne- like something that they're going to add at some point because it's like a huge decision maker and like the the I guess the happiness of the patient. Like, I'm wondering if that will ever be a thing, you know? You know, I, I don't know that it will be used because right now, currently, the star ratings are, are basically outlined by CMS. And they're basically a measure on how, you know, certain deliver or certain services are, are delivered. So whether or not the pharmacy is covering their bases or the health plan is covering their bases clinically for certain things. Um, I'm sure that patient satisfaction surveys and you know, patient experience feedback is something that's used maybe on the back end, maybe, you know, between a health plan plan contracting out to a PBM or between a plan sponsor, like an employer group trying to um, negotiate with a health plan or something like that for, you know, I'm sure that stuff kind of gets looked at. And, you know, especially if you, if your contract year is end is up and you're thinking about, you know, jumping ship off to another uh, PBM or another plan. Yeah. Because like, then you have to think about disruption and stuff like that. Like, yeah, so I'm sure it factors in. Look how much that, like, you know, just I kind of before, because I feel like it's kind of, I don't say it's going away, because obviously there's still companies that still have surveys. But at the end of the day now, what mostly matters to, like, the, you know, catering to kind of the managed care side, it's those outcomes. It's those clinical outcomes. But then look at the the huge focus. Like, example, for example, Target. When I was with Target, which I mean, you know, Target's no longer Target, which that could be an argument against this, but they were focused heavily on like the experience of, you know, of the patient. So um, I don't know. That's just, I think it's interesting. And I'm wondering yeah. if like PBMs will, or like, you know, managed care side of things will kind of come into that experience part um, just because of, you know, the fact that it's kind of getting so commoditized as it is now. And, um, but, you know, I guess the, the differentiator does become those clinical services. But anyway, what yeah. top of mind for you? What what else? What's what's next on the what's next on the agenda? The things you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> we kind of took a little segue there. Yeah. Um, well, basically, you know, I, I wanted to provide your listeners with the opportunity to listen to, like you said, you know, what the day to day is like as a district manager or as you know, being on the operations side of things. 
Um, and for anybody that's interested in, you know, moving up within your company or um, looking kind of down the road, if you're a student right now, kind of thinking about, well, you know, I want to fast track this and I want to be in that spot in two or three years. Um, you know, what kind of things could you use to your advantage? And I guess I can just speak for myself personally. What what things do I wish I would have taken advantage of in the past and what things do I wish I would have known, you know, knowing what I know now? Yeah. Um, so, again, kind of rewinding to the beginning, day to day, again, it, it all becomes about longitudinal problems or longitudinal projects. It's about being able to multitask on multiple things, being able to triage um, the phone calls and the emails and the things that you get sent your way. Um, you know, something that I've had to quickly, quickly develop was a, uh, a system really, you know, it's just a system for triaging the, the sheer amount of information, the sheer amount of, uh, uh, sometimes just requests that I get on a daily basis. And yeah. this can be everything from, it can be anything from, you know, Hey, can we special order a certain NDC or Hey, can we, you know, I have, this associate concern in my store, um, you know, that some people aren't getting along or, you know, you know, it's just <laughs> off the wall things, you know, it's just yeah. been a few months so far. I've seen so many random things kind of come through that <laughs> unbelievable. Um, but it, I mean, at the same time, it, it makes the job super interesting because, you know, you're never going to have two days that are the same. You're never going to have two weeks that are the same. Yeah. And even though eventually, you know, they, they say I'm, I'm still getting there, but eventually they say, you know, you catch your stride and, and, you know, it, it kind of settle into a routine. I, you know, I enjoy the uh, unpredictability of it. Um, so that being said, for anybody looking to move up, kind of comparing and contrasting the experience at the store versus the spirit experience at an operational level. Um, when you're at the store, think about personnel management, because that's going to be, you know, really, really high up there. I would say like top three uh, once you get to the operation side. So you, you have to become much less focused on the patient end because even though you're going to have to field some patient concerns and field some patient questions, really the, the bulk of your audience or the bulk of your the people that you're serving are going to be your own pharmacists and your own technicians. Um, that being said, that's actually one of my favorite parts of the job because I think that when you know all the years that I spent in the store, you have you know you have your network, you know you you talk to your neighbor down the street and you call like you have your little pod and you you know the people that are in your area but once you start to see the entire territory and you're meeting you know all these different people all these different texts you're seeing all these different personalities you you've got you know you get to know them personally a little bit yeah you've got it it it's just really expands your network and i think that's just awesome that's that's really one of my favorite parts um but you know personal management key you know if, if you can get yourself into a busier store uh, where you're you've got a bunch of texts that you've got to you know rally around and and you've got you know uh, some other pharmacists even that you may be in charge of definitely you know throw yourself into those situations don't be scared of it because it's you know it's only going to forge you into a stronger person and a stronger leader um <clears throat> what things do i wish i would have known or maybe done differently like i said Sorry, exactly before. that yeah, yeah, before we before we move on to that, uh, quick question. Yeah, does it seem like you have to kind of be like pe like people want to see you kind of be tested in like a larger store, you know, before like a role like that happens? So like if you're at a smaller store, you know, that's slower, um, is that something kind of you you actually kind of got to look to get out of to kind of you know 
get to a, a, a situation where you kind of be kind of seen more as someone that's kind of fit and ready to be like ready for that next level? I would say yes and no. Now, keep in mind, I'm not the one that actually is going to hire district managers. So yeah. <laughs> I'm only, you know, I'm only on one side. I only have one perspective to share there. But um, I can tell you that on our team, divisionally, we've got, you know, everything from tenured pharmacists of many decades to, you know, fresh grads just one or two years out. You know, believe it or not, we've got um, one guy that's just, you know, he, he's a, just an absolute rock star. Uh, one of my... Uh, fellow supervisors and he's you know two and a half now years out of school yeah is he from Um, miami no no he's he's from this area central florida okay okay. um similar rocks down miami i've heard about yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean it it really there's no cookie cutter approach to you know getting to a district manager or supervisor position it it just comes down to you know whatever what's available what the market kind of needs and how you're able to, you know, just get stuff done. Um, and and I, I really don't want to sound too harsh, but it comes down to, you know, hard work does not equal necessarily results. And that may be kind of a letdown because we kind of learned the opposite back in elementary school or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, simply working hard is not going to be enough. You know, you got to work smart. You got to be efficient. You have to be able to reach out for help when, when you need it. Um, know your limitations. And, and, and I, I'm not saying this as a pro, you know, these are all things that I've learned, you know, mm-hmm. just within months, you know, um, <clears throat> and the, the faster you can learn that and the, and the better you develop that before you even step into the role, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it, it all comes down to that. I mean, you know, it, it's really, it's just a matter of getting things done. What about the intangibles? Like, I, I feel like, you know, to get to, you know, to be in certain roles, I feel like there just has to be some like, and they're not all the same, but, but I just feel like a common thing, at least that I usually see in like leadership is like just some intangibles that you can't really just get by, you know, going to school or, or, you know, just kind of, or just because you're a hard worker means you got into that, to that role per se. Like, I just feel like there's uh, intangibles that usually come into play. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think one of the, one of the principal things that's looked at is um, leadership style. Um, and granted, not everybody even, you know, knows or understand what their leadership style is. And not to say that you have to be a, you know, gung-ho, super outspoken, you know, total extrovert, because to be honest, like I myself, am, and I don't consider myself an extrovert. Um, I, I enjoy spending time with people and I enjoy, you know, interacting with everybody. But um, I, I wasn't ever your typical, you know, <laughs> total, like, you know, outgoing person. Yeah. Um, Neither but, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that being said, you know, being, being able to, you know, communicate with people and being able to kind of like touch base on a personal level, um, being able to really to translate information that may come down to you, you know, very high level information, very conceptual information. And being able to translate that into tangible, actionable tidbits that a store can make changes and improvements upon. Like if you can <laughs> nail that, if you can perfect that, you're, you, you're gold. You know, you've got it made. Yeah. Because um, that's, that's really what it comes down to. It, it comes down to taking, you know, big picture initiatives and, and big picture mission. And just translating it, you know, and putting it in such a way to the store that says, hey, guys, like, you know, we're doing this because X, Y, Z. And these are the changes you can see. And, you know, this is what we're looking for. And here's how you can take ownership of it. 
ultimately it's not you, you know, um, cracking the whip or anything like that. Um, it, it's you and, you know, allowing a pharmacy manager or allowing, you know, a certain individual within that pharmacy to get an idea. You know, it's almost like that whole inception thing, you know, take the idea, make it their own, take ownership of it and just run with it. Um, I think that's as far as intangibles. I think that's the uh, you know that's that's the grail <laughs> right there. Dominator right there. Yeah, yeah. So let's move into like I guess some of the things that you had said that kind of you wished you had known or maybe done um, either at the store or, or before. Sure. Um, so like I said, there's a lot of day to day stuff that kind of comes to you um, as far as information, as far as triaging and task management, um, and I know that in a community setting like many of us have experience with, we are basically pros at that. And we think that we are, you know, cause we can ninja our way through the day and, you know, there's like <laughs> nothing that can be thrown our way that we don't, you know, know how to handle or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but this becomes very much the, the exact same thing. Like if you can imagine a community pharmacy, um, on its busiest day, maybe, you know, it's just Tuesday of this week after a holiday <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Imagine that setting, but now instead of, you know, prescriptions and drug questions and insurance problems and, you know, any, any kind of issue like that, you're getting, um, you know, deadlines that may be sprung upon you or, um, you know, personnel management issues or uh, a different initiative or this concern or that concern or maybe a resignation or, you know, much larger level problems. I don't want to say problems, but larger level issues that that may take a certain skill set or may take knowledge that you just haven't maybe developed yet. Maybe it's a situation you haven't run across yet. Um, whereas in a community setting, we're sort of confined or in the store level, we're, we're, we're within that confines of our comfort, you know, like we know what kind of problems we can expect. We know what kind of things, you know, may be thrown our way and we're always kind of subconsciously ready for that stuff. Um, as you venture outwards or upwards, um, you know, there, there really is no bounds to what may come, you know, what phone call you may get next. So, so that's as far as what I wish I would have known or what I wish I would have been exposed to, I, I would say something like that, you know, being in an environment that really tested you in that way, I don't know what I could have, you know, uh, done differently as far as different volumes of stores, because again, at a store level, you're just, you know, un operating under a different set of rules, but, you know, maybe seeking out different uh, extracurricular stuff or, or yeah. seeking out just different personal development things to kind of prepare myself a little better. Um, but that being said, you know, whether you do or don't, you'll, you'll definitely learn it on the job. So yeah, what's <laughs> interesting, what's interesting about this is I think, you know, being in a, in a pharmacy, like being at the, at, on the front lines in the community pharmacy, you know, we kind of look at like our supervisors and we're just like, oh man, they're, they just never help us. Like, you know, they, like who knows what they're doing? Like they're off doing some, something that's probably not even important. Like, I'm wondering, it would be interesting <laughs> if like, <laughs> obviously I know it's important, but I'm just saying like, these are thoughts that are just ran through my mind as I was like dying in the pharmacy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, the, what I was going to say is it would be interesting if like, you know, some of these things you talk about were kind of like, like transparent to some of the pharmacists to kind of see like, yo, I got a lot on my plate right now, you know, like, 
I don't know. It's just, or, or like maybe even like, you know, if you have like a list of like five pharmacists that like you have put like are have potential for like be promoted, like just shoot them random problems that like you get <laughs> and like delegate <laughs> it to them and just be like, Hey, we got this issue. Can you help me? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think that I mean, I, I can neither confirm nor deny that, you know, if I was ever asked a question, I would go to one of those, you know, top three pharmacists and just say, Hey, have you, have you, is, what's going on with this? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's totally out of the blue, you know, and get their feedback, you know, because it is valuable, you know, feedback to get from the store level, like especially if you're you're you have one store reporting a problem, you want to make sure that it's not, you know, a territory wide issue. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I do that occasionally. I do that occasionally. It's just put out feelers and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you actually brought up a good point because one of the first things that I was told when I got in the position was go out there and look immediately for your successor, you know, like look for the person that you want to replace you because if you know who you want to replace you, you, you know, you have that incentive to go, you know, cultivate this person and go, you know, invest in them and go, you know, pour into them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was one of the first things I did. It's just, you know, kind of scout out, um, folks that really had that sense of ownership and really had that, you know, higher level understanding. And you know what? I don't want to say that this precluded anybody that I was treating anybody any differently. I'm going to kind of throw it out there <laughs> right away. <Yeah. laughs> but, um, but, but that being said, you know, it, it's, it's just, you know, you kind of assess the different levels that the pharmacists are at and, and you just help people grow. And I think that's another huge plus of being in this type of position is you get to see people grow, mm-hmm. you know, you get to kind of invest of yourself and of your experience to, for the better, you know, ultimately the better of the company, but it's better that individual, whether or not, you know, they stick around. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, man. So, uh, what else you got on, what else you got, uh, in terms of topics or things you want to kind of, um, let the listeners know about? Um, sure. I mean, as far as my personal experience, um, you know, one of the biggest drivers, I I was going to say like, you know, motivations for getting into a position like this, um, they could be wide ranging. I would definitely encourage your listeners if they're aspiring to move up within the ranks of community pharmacy to be in as much communication as possible with their supervisors. I know it's not always easy to track us down, you know, um, may take a few emails or a few phone calls or whatnot. Um, just cause again, there's so much stuff going on, but, uh, you know, be persistent and make your interests known because I can tell you firsthand, I, I like that. I like to hear that. Yeah. You know, I, I like to hear people excited and be like, hey, so, you know, what, what's what's the word on the street with this and, and kind of what's going on with that? And, you know, what are you working on? In my I, I was I had an idea for a question I wanted to ask you and I and then I forgot it. But it, you reminded me of it because of kind of you kind of already were going to talk about it. So um, but what else I remember when I was working at Target there were so many opportunities for like projects and things to be involved with. Um, and it was just a good way to kind of stick your head out to kind of make you uh, visible, I guess, or just make you look more like a, a candidate that really wants to do more and wants to kind of move up, you know, to the next steps. What is it now in general that you say, you know, like generally speaking, like what is it that people can do to kind of, you know, because I feel like with the, with like just, productivity just and efficiency just being so heavily focused on currently so we can provide these services i'm just not sure what is it now that's available that pharmacists can kind of do to stick their heads out to say hey um or or like i'm i want this you know kind of just going off of i kind of kind of i guess what you were kind of going into there 
um, yeah. just, you know, kind of voicing your interest, but what else can they actually do like in terms of action wise that, um, can kind of show that, that that's what they really want. Sure. So, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, so as far as what you can do, I mean, in this, this starts all the way, you know, as, as your years in tech, you know, as a technician or even anybody in school right now as an intern, um, really seek to understand, you know, the, the whys behind everything that's being done. Um, you know, seek to understand, uh, how to improve, you know, um, try to get that higher level perspective. You know, I'm telling you, I myself, am a very hands-on district manager. I'm, I'm like out in the stores every chance that I get, um, talking to my people, talking to the techs, talking to the pharmacists, talking to the interns. And I love getting questions, you know, <laughs> I love getting, you know, people asking me, well, you know, what's going on with this? Help me understand this. Um, how can we work on this? You know, and I would say that's the single biggest, you know, if I had to put it into a word, it would just be, you know, a sense of ownership, just ownership. You know, yeah. it, it, this is, this is your pharmacy. This is your career. This is your profession. Um, you know, own it. And if there's something that you see that, you know, there's an opportunity for, then let's have that conversation. You know, um, if there's something, you know, you kind of disagree with, well, Hey, you know what? It, it, in the world out there, we're not always going to see eye to eye with every single initiative or every single program or every single, you know, whatnot, but, you know, let's give it an honest chance and let's work together, you know, collaboratively to be able to, you know, to, to drive that goal or drive that outcome. Yeah. Um, you know, the folks that kind of want to kick their feet back and say, well, that's just not going to work. And I've, I've done it this way for 20 years and I'm just not doing it. You know, <laughs> unfortunately that's, that's that's our dinosaur in the modern era. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but but you know if, if you're out there and you're just like, all right, well, you know what? Let's give it a shot. And you know if it fails, then let's let's see it fail mm-hmm. so that we can grow from that. You know, um, that that's you know somebody with that mindset, I would say, you know, kind of alluding back to intangibles, um, would make an awesome supervisor or, or would make an awesome anything, you know, there, there's a plethora of positions that you could get into within community. Um, um, not just, you know, with a chain, but, you know, community pharmacies are owned by, you know, sometimes even by health plans or, you know, there's a bunch of stuff happening on the independent front. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the compounding side, the specialty side, the consultant side, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on. And if you've got, you know, that mindset, that ownership mindset, that, um, kind of, I don't want to say innovator, because that forces people to think that they have to be some kind of genius. But um, if you've got that kind of like desire to improve and that, that constant, like, well, let's, you know, let's try this, let's try that. Um, yeah. then, you know, it, it's only going to take you to good places, regardless of how many times you think you fail in the short term. So being on this side now, where you're kind of exposed to a little bit more of to like what's going on, you know, uh, beyond the stores. Now, I think most people are aware of what the, you know, trajectory is in terms of like there's, you know, district manager, regional manager, vice president, that kind of thing. But what about the opportunities that kind of spread out from those and and kind of go more horizontal? Like what are the what other opportunities are there um, at larger corporations um, for pharmacists to like what are the roles are there that pharmacists can kind of go into outside of just kind of going up that, you know, kind of, you know, beeline direction to like a VP of pharmacy, let's say. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all kinds of stu- all kinds of stuff that you could get into. 
Um, one of the supervisors, actually, one of the reasons I got the position that I was in is because a spot opened up when a previous supervisor ended up working at the corporate office as a clinical pharmacist, believe it or not. You know, at, and it sounds kind of like an oxymoron, but cl- corporate office, clinical pharmacist, you know, it seems like those two don't compute, yeah. but <laughs> alas, they do, you know. We've got a pharmacist out of the corporate office right now that does nothing but, you know, engage in communication with drug make, drug manufacturers and um, health plans and tries to develop, you know, alluding back to that value proposition, tries to develop clinical services or clinical relationships um, or, or, you know, create that value proposition um, for the company and be able to drive, you know, some of the new stuff that we're working on. <clears throat> So, yeah, that's just one small example. You know, there's there's the managed care department, you know, the folks trying to, again, you know, establish those relationships, make sure that we're in compliance, make sure that everything's running smoothly, make sure that that those contracts and everything else is, are, are happening. You know, for somebody that's got a little bit more of a business mindset, um, there's a specialty pharmacy in, in-house that we have at, at, at our central facility. Um, there are, you know, compounding opportunities. There are, you know, uh, I don't want to say prior authorization, but yeah, you know, there there are certain clinical aspects to the medical policy and the, you know, step therapy prior authorization process that uh, requires some kind of clinical judgment, you know, or, or some clinical assessment of the patient. Um, that's usually on the specialty side, right? Like that's going into yeah, more so yeah. like the specialty, which, you know, a lot of these larger corporations are acquiring specialty pharmacies left and right. So, um, yeah. which are just, you know, increasing the opportunities for, for roles, um, of pharmacists. So that's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine, imagine yourself as, you know, an aspiring pharmacist that wants to move up, doesn't really know how to get into that space. Well, you know, you just, you, you go to move up, right? So you take on a district manager or supervisor position, and now you're developing skill sets, like I said, you know, personnel management, a whole different set of uh, task management. Um, you know, it's just really skill sets that that allow you to stand out as opposed to the pharmacist that's at the store level. And now you can bring that to the table when you go to look into transitioning into the specialty space or the managed care space or even just the business side. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you only benefit from that growth, you know, I, I and again, if I'm biased because I'm in the position, obviously, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, from, from what I've experienced so far and what I've seen so far, you know, th- there's only ground to be gained, you know, there, there's only experience to be gained and, and, and you'll never, you know, end up on the, on the losing end of that. So uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Well, we are getting close to about an hour here chatting, chopping it up. I'm not sure if, uh, I mean, it feels like it hasn't really been that long. Cause yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're friends, so we can talk forever, but, um, what else is top of mind for you? I mean, anything else that you wanted to kind of get out there for, for people to know, um, about kind of either getting into your role, your role, or kind of what they can do, um, you know, in their current roles or just anything, I don't know. Spit on it. Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, we got to talk about the future. Maybe there's some thoughts that I don't know if you, you wanted to get into that too, but. Sure. I mean, I, I could get into that. I mean, I, I could talk about maybe just <laughs> some very general stuff. Like th- there are things that I hear, you know, and I talk to interns all the time, people on rotations and stuff come through when I'm going to the stores and a lot of them are worried, you know, they don't want to shut any doors by not doing residencies or um, they don't want to, you know, kind of miss, they get that whole FOMO thing going on the, the last year of pharmacy school. Cause they're not, you know, maybe on the residency train. And I, I don't want people to get discouraged by that. 
You know, I, I don't want people to think that they are any less a pharmacist or any less a practitioner um, because they didn't go down a certain road. Um, you know, I, I know that, I, you know, you know that I didn't do a residency. Um, I know you didn't do one. Um, and yet here we are, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, here we are. So again, there, there's no limits to what you can do. You know, I, I was just telling an intern the other day, I was like, look, you know, you can put in, you know, dig deep, keep your head down, do your years of community, um, and go back and, you know, you can sit for BCPS or BCGP, or, you know, you can sit for BCACP just because, and, and you'll be a board certified pharmacist. Yeah. Um, that just happens to be work in a community setting. You know, there's, there's no reason you can't, you know, harness any of those skills. So, or you can become a blockchain um, ninja, like one of our last yeah. on our episode, like you can just do whatever you want really, which is the cool part about pharmacy. That's what I love about pharmacy. Just like the switch yeah. of healthcare. Like we can just be anything, anywhere, whatever you want. You just got to like work towards it and build that, you know, brand behind it and things like that. But yeah. I love that you, that you mentioned that though. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's an exciting place to be. And I just, you know, I hate to see people get discouraged just because, you know, mainstream ideas, but there's so much stuff out there you can get into. And, um, obviously I'm going to pitch the community side just cause you know, that, that's what I love. So, um, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that, that's kind of my jam, but, yeah. um, there, there's just, there's so much other stuff out there you can get into. So, um, you know, just definitely keep digging, you know, it, it's never been over for me. You know, I graduated pharmacy school quickly and rolled into a master's program and, and finishing up, finishing that up this year. Um, so it's, you know, and onward from there, who knows what I'll be in into next year. So, um, yeah, it's just got to keep, keep, uh, love the process, I guess, as, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I love the process of pharmacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, yeah. So how's that sound to you? It's not, I mean, I think that's awesome. Uh, one thing I wanted to see too, you know, as yeah. we, as we push this hour out, um, <laughs> what is it that you've seen that is like, you're like, wow, this is going to be so cool when it happens that like, you know, in terms of, you know, either patient care or patient engagement, um, it, like in community specifically, like, is there anything that you've kind of been hearing that's like coming, you know, obviously without, without, you know, giving out insider information that like no one sure. knows, but like something that's kind of public, you know, maybe at, at higher levels of, of conversations and not something that like, you know, the average community pharmacist might've heard about what, what's, what kind of pops into your mind there? Sure. So a, a while back, <laughs> or it seems like just a few minutes ago, you mentioned something about how everything that we're doing now is going to seem like, you know, archaic in ancient history in a few years. Um, and, and I think back to actually to a pharmacist that we, we still have on staff that remembers when we used to use typewriters, um, <laughs> like, 20, <laughs> like 20 years ago or something, you know, uh, manually filing, you know, manually writing out insurance claims and stuff. But um, along those lines, you know, it's just how much tech stuff is at the verge of just inundating the healthcare industry, or if not already, I mean, um, how much stuff there really is out there. Um, specifically, something that comes to mind, and because this is simply something that I was recently exposed to and as, as part of you know the higher education that I'm involved in, um, digital health and some of the, the, the value of digital health and the value of, of digital health medium. Um, things like wearable technology, um, digital health's role in, in clinical trials, uh, you know, web-based interactive programs, consumer apps, consumer wearables, 
uh, biometric sensors. I mean, you know, the, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. You know, every single gadget that you can think of, you know, I'm sure somebody's got a patent kind of in the works for it. Um, and the applications, I mean, you know, the, the sky's the limit. Um, like it, it's just something that I mentioned briefly, cl- clinical trial, um, data collection or data analysis, you know, community pharmacists could have a role in that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you see how many patients a day, you know, you're supposed to how many patients a day. It's just like, it, it just baffles me sometimes that the data collected at a community pharmacy is not used maybe as to, to the, to its fullest extent or, or you know, when, when you think about this big data revolution and, and all this kind of stuff, it's just the sheer amount of data that we're collecting. Um, the the insights and, and the value and, and the benefits potentially that you could draw from that data is, I mean, I, I can't even wrap my head around like what where that could lead. But I think that's 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 the stuff I'm excited about. You know, if I had to kind of geek out here for a little yeah. bit. Um, it's, it's the digital health stuff and it's, and it's the data revolution evolving healthcare. Um, cause I, I think that's just going to be massive. I think you're right. Yeah. I think, you know, the ability, especially for large chains, like the ability for them to just say, all right, we're going to, we're going to implement this and we're going to study it. Like it, it would be so easy to do because of the vast amounts of data that they can kind of organize and, and have recorded. Um, and I mean, one example comes to mind is, I mean, we're not doing this with a large chain per se, but, you know, my company, we're doing a study um, actually with uh, with the PQA and um, which is the Pharmacy Quality Alliance and uh, Liberty Software, where we are basically having 10 pharmacies, um, which I'm not sure if I'm able to say that number, but we're having we're having pharmacies uh, send out a text message to patients as a new medication comes in and that text message has one of our medication education videos on there. And we're trying to see the impact that that's going to have on primary medication, not adherence. So basically kind of that first pickup um, to see if maybe like that text message kind of with a video kind of explaining the medication, um, helping kind of with health literacy to see if that's going to have an impact. And um, it's not a crazy complicated study. You know, it's not anything that's, you know, that takes a lot of effort to really do. Um, yet we're going to be able to have so much information and take action on it and be able to have that scale to different pharmacies. And I feel like it's little projects like these that community pharmacies especially have the ability to kind of like engage in. But I just I'm just not sure how often, you know, we're seeing it, um, I guess, at the community level, at least, you know, obviously this is just my my what I've seen and, and I haven't seen it all, obviously, and I'm sure there's a bunch of people working on stuff, but I don't know. I feel like every pharmacy should have one way or another be testing something at some point, you know, and, and I just don't think yeah. that that's, that that's the case currently. Yeah. And, and again, we're, you know, we're going to face pushback to that. Like we alluded to at the beginning, you know, we're a little stretched thin on resources and then on labor and, you know, pharmacists are kind of getting put on the in-between between in this transition of business models that we're in right now. Um, but I think once, once the dust settles and once things become a little clearer and there's a, a little bit of, uh, <laughs> things improve a little bit because I'm, you know, I'm an optimist and I'm going to say that they will. Yeah. Um, we should be able to see stuff like that, you know, cause it's, again, it only drives value. It only drives efficiency and, you know, everybody's a winner, you know, the, the manufacturers, the, the stakeholders in the industry, as well as the patients, you know, everybody wins. Yeah. Um, so the the better the data that you have, the, the better the quality of the intuitions and, and the actual um, information that you can draw 
um, the better decisions you can make and ultimately the, the better the operations that you can sustain. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's good stuff. I mean, I, I know that's, that's, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know that's coming our way. And I think that's super exciting. Yeah. One thing I want to mention is the fact that, you know, I want to give some, some like specifics as to what's going on at this current moment. As you and I have this conversation, it's Friday night, it's 11 PM. And we just spent an hour talking about pharmacy and the reason I bring that up is because, you know, we, you and I, we're passionate about this stuff. Like, we love this. And I just, I want, like, people to understand that, like, if you want to be, like, have a, an impact on pharmacy and you want to, like, be in certain positions in pharmacy, I think you have to sacrifice certain things. I think you have to work for it. You have to put in um, that grind. Um, because if you don't, like, you know, I don't think you're going to see the results that you might hope for. And, you know, some people are not hoping for the results that you and I are having, which is completely fine. But yeah. I just feel like that needs to pair up. Like if you are in your mind saying, I want to have a crazy impact on healthcare and I want to help as many people as I can and, and da, 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 like you need to put in the work to do that and sacrifice what it's going to take to kind of be in these roles. Like, you know, you weren't you didn't just all of a sudden get into this position like you were super passionate. You've been like doing nothing but like external learning outside of, you know, being in a store and I just feel like that's required to get to certain levels in pharmacy. And I just wanted to kind of point that out to people that think that, you know, they're just going to graduate or, or they're just going to even, you know, I'm just going to do a residency and that's going to happen. No, like it's, it's going to take work um, at every stage, uh, uh, every stage, like path along the way or whatever. Um, so. I yeah. Your, your expectations have to be kind of in line with the work that you're putting in. Cause you know, things don't happen just out of thin air. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, what is that? The hashtag ten to two, man. Yeah, man. That's that. You're part of it right now, bro. We're, we're grinding it out right now. And I'm, after we wrap this up, I'm gonna edit these things. And, um, but yeah, man. That's that's what it is. So, uh, any anything you want to leave the listeners with? Um, any lasting advice? Sure. I mean, like I said, stay positive. Um, it's just keep your head down and and it's just grind. You know. Um, find whatever it is in pharmacy that you're passionate about and, and look for ways to, to implement that in the setting that you're in. You know, I, I tend to geek out with some of the, the, the business stuff and the economics and the managed care stuff. And, you know, I've figured out a way to, to, to make that part of my day to day in a community setting. So, um, just find what you're into and, you know, <laughs> just make it happen. I, I really don't have specific advice. There's tons of awesome resources um, you know, uh, here at RX Radio, if you want to <laughs> definitely, uh, if you want to put in a plug for your book there. Oh, yeah, that's um, right. My book, buy my book. <laughs> it's a great book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's tons of resources out there, you know, specifically about getting you started. And, and you know, pharmacy education nowadays is, is super, super solid. So you'll have no shortage of, of clinical knowledge. It, the rest of it, you know, it's, it's up to you. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, seek out personal development, professional development, just start talking to people. I mean, I, I did that for like, uh, I'm still doing that actually. I'm, I still just creep up on people on LinkedIn and just say, Hey, you know, I'm so-and-so. <laughs> <laughs> <You know>? So, <laughs> um, conversations, I guess to, to kind of wrap this up. So tell the listeners, you know, if they want to kind of continue the conversation with you and connect and maybe learn more, um, about how to get to a role like yours or just how to be better in theirs, what's the best way for them to kind of connect with you? Sure. I mean, uh, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, so it's just look me up on there. Um, Joel Rivera, RMD, and 
I don't know actually if that's the URL, but we'll, we'll link it up in, in, okay. <laughs> in the show notes so they can find yeah. it. So Joel, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate your time and your insights and your thoughts and your uh, passion for pharmacy. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed what you just listened to. Make sure to follow us on your favorite social media platforms. And however you're listening, whether it be on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or something else we didn't just mention, we'd appreciate you to subscribe, leave us a rating, and even drop us a comment and let us know what you think. And until next time, see you over the counter.